0: Welcome to peak Cares stories of hope and healing podcast we have 11 episodes exploring the hope and healing framework this framework sets the foundation for caring and working with young people in residential care in a way that understands and responds to trauma the hope and healing framework was written by encompass family and community proprietary limited in this podcast series you'll be listening to the stories of young people previously in residential care practitioners with residential care experience and experts who were part of the advisory group for the Hope and Healing Framework or are specialists in trauma and child protection. All young people and staff have been given a pseudonym to protect their confidentiality. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are warned that episodes may include names and voices of people who have since passed away.
1: It's about really showing that you care and show that child that you care within that system
2: because it's about treating them as best as, they, as best as you possibly can while they are in your care.
3: Welcome to the second episode of Pete Care's Stories of Hope and Healing. I'm your host Hayley Holst from Pracademics, and in this episode we'll be exploring the concept of nurturance in residential care. You'll be hearing from two young people, Jason and Chantel, as well as Elia, Peter and Chad, who are very experienced residential care staff members. You'll also be hearing from two members of the expert advisory group who assisted in the development of the Hope and Healing Framework, Lisa Hillen and Howard Barth. We hope that their stories and ideas will bring to life this important element of Hope and Healing. In the Hope and Healing Framework, there are four areas that are recognised as fundamental to the everyday care provided to young people. We discussed safety in our first episode as it provides the foundation to all other efforts to support young people. The remaining elements, nurturance, development and healing, inform all interactions with young people during all aspects of care on an everyday basis throughout their journey in care. Nurturance is about meeting the young people's needs for nurturing relationships and physical care. Some of these are more obvious, like good food, clothing, shelter, but others can be more difficult to define or measure. But we think of them as being looked after or having normal things and experiences and feeling like a home. Howard Bath, a member of the expert advisory group, explains how many young people in residential care are aware that their previous experiences of nurture have not been normal.
4: And so many of our young people are acutely conscious That what's happened to them has been abnormal separation from family not able to be looked after perhaps by natural family not receiving the love and the nurture and the care from natural parents which as they look around them they see that's more the norm and judge themselves often because they're not as not being part of the norm
3: the framework emphasizes two components of nurturing one is feeling cared for and the other is feeling worthwhile. So, to start off with, feeling cared for. We spoke to a young person, Chantelle, and care staff Peter and Elia, and this is what they said about showing young people that they are cared for.
5: You're not trying to be the mum, you're not trying to be the friend, you're trying to be that, someone that can look after you and care for you and give you what you need.
0: Once we're in there, you know, and we've got that young person, how do we support them? You know, irrespective of what behaviours are going to come, um, our job as adults is to create safety, so having that focus of why are they here, what can we do. Um, we don't need to do big fancy stuff, it's just the you know, little things like, you know, um, what's your favourite food, you know, maybe we can make something like that, or what to, how do you like to be woken up, so things like that. So just keep it very
2: simple.
1: I do a lot of hurdle help, so oh, let's, go, let's clean your room, let's make your room nice, and then going above and beyond. You know, stacking stuffed animals and like, oh, does it look cool or how do you want this? Asking for opinions where opinions are not needed. Hey, is it, do you want three quarters on the blinds or should we just go like, is that perfect, you know?
3: So feeling cared for can be about the small things,
1: but we were also interested in
3: finding out what it means to feel worthwhile. Howard Bath explains why young people might come into our care with a deep sense of unworthiness.
4: If we don't belong, it's acutely painful um if somehow we think we're deficient if somehow we think we're defective if if somehow our, our world our experiences of life leave us to think we're not good enough or we're not as good as other people we call that shame and so many of our young people have this deep sense of unworthiness or not belonging or not being part of the larger group our goal is not to Shape young people to to organise their lives, but actually to assure them that they are in fact part of us. We're all in the same boat. We are together. Um, they're not out there as different. Um, they're just as valued as anyone else in the community. Um, to deal with this issue of the the deep pain of of shame.
3: So while young people may come into care with a deep sense of unworthiness, another young person, Jason. Also, spoke about young people feeling like no one is on their side.
2: Young people like to feel like they have somebody on their side because they already feel like everyone's against them. Like, you know, that's what sort of happens when you get taken away from your family. It's like if they were with you, they would work with you and your family so you could stay with your family as like some sort of early intervention rather than being against you. So they already have that feeling there.
3: Lisa Hillen, also a member of the Expert Advisory Group, picked up this concept and highlighted that by being in their corner, we show young people that they are worthwhile.
6: What young people really taught me is they have to be claimed. And what your parents do well for you is claim you. They just claim you as yours and they fight for you even when you do mad things. They, you know, go up to the school and fight for you. And I think young people should be claimed in residential care and they should be ours and we should fight for them. We should fight for them to the department. We should fight for them to the school. We should fight to them to the services because there's nothing better than thinking someone's in your corner. And it doesn't matter how bad you are that someone sees the very good in you and sees something really positive in you.
3: Elia, a residential care worker, gave a great example of how you can do this on a day-to-day basis with young people.
1: I find something that I can be outraged about in favour of the young person. Um, it's typically something that is not a big deal, but you know I kind of use those, that PACE kind of tone.
6: For those that are not familiar with this acronym, PACE is a way of approaching young people which encourages staff to be playful, accepting, curious and empathetic. Elia gives us a great example of this approach.
1: What do you mean? The teacher said this homework wasn't good enough. This looks like the grade. This looks great. I go. I would have given that an A. What's the problem, right? Let's look at it. And I just get outraged and, and just get on side with the kid about one thing. Um, so just build that little bit. Like, okay, well, most normal people don't go wild because my teacher didn't give me an A. So let's let's explore this person more.
3: At this point, we should note that many of the young people and staff that we spoke to emphasised the importance of having a genuine interest in the young person and their own areas of interest. We will pick up on this theme more in our episode on building young people's capacity for relationships. The Hope and Healing framework highlights that we want to help young people feel normal, but during our interviews, young people highlighted that sometimes the rules and regulations around residential care can make it difficult to feel nurtured and normal.
2: Well, I don't know, this is a lot of Barriers, I guess, to be able to form a relationship with the carer. And if there's not barriers that are put in place by policies and procedures, they're barriers that are put in place by the
4: carer themselves.
3: Howard also emphasised that this can pose a problem.
4: All we've got is rules, we don't have relationships. And that would be disastrous for the young people in care.
3: While everyone acknowledged the need for rules and regulations to keep people safe, they had some ideas about how to best provide nurture within that system. Elia Jason commented on this.
1: It's about really showing that you care and show that child that you care within that system even though that, um, you know, that could change at any point.
2: With all that said, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because it's about treating them as best as, they, as, best as you possibly can while they are in your care.
3: Chantel also acknowledged that staff are working within a broader system which can tie their hands at times and she thought it was important to let the young person know that you are trying to advocate for them.
5: Maybe even showing them how they're trying. Like, go, look, we've done this, this and this. We're doing our, like, part. Maybe if you want to jump on our phone, to call your CSO and chase it up, we can be your support person. Like, just so you know we're trying to help you get where you're getting because a lot of kids see it as you're the reason, you're at fault, where when you're older, you sort of realise it's not that way, it's the system and how the system works.
3: So while the system that we are working within can provide some barriers to providing a nurturing environment, young people can also put up their own barriers to being nurtured. Lisa Hillen explained that for some young people, this may be because they are scared to get too close, because this type of nurturing experience is a new experience for them.
6: Now, most kids who come into residential care haven't had that, that sort of interaction. It hasn't been that type of, um, you know, really positive interaction. So they'll bucket it, you know, they'll do a whole range of things that really challenge people to, you know, mm-hmm. um, Um, keep that relationship going because it'll be easier to damage it than to let you damage it if they feel that, you know, they're vulnerable.
3: For Chantel, what she calls playing up was about finding someone who would stand by her.
6: I'd play up.
5: Like I said, I would just want someone that would be there for me and that would, like, at my worst, still accept me for who I am. So, like, and I never got that. Like, if I play up, they'd just kick you out, say, like, goodbye. And the kid wants like a family structure they want someone every kid plays up like it's and even more so in the care residential like living because you come from a trauma family majority of the time you got no one no like role model to speak of like and so you don't know no different. so all you do is do what you did before if not get worse
3: So how do we care for young people who are resisting our caring gestures or putting up other barriers to being nurtured?
6: And you've got to let to know what to go to the keeper. If it's just a comment like that, that's really looking to be provocative, then I think you've got to really think, do I need to pick up the rope or should I drop it here? Um, Because in in the scheme of things, is this... Is this about, you know, where this young person's at today feeling distressed and how do I just let that go and not respond to it, that I don't have to respond to every bit of provocation? Um, And that's not going to mean that I'm a lesser person or that I'm not in control. In fact, for kids, you know, if you think about tug of war um, and you want to get into the tug of war, you drop a rope, they've got nowhere to go. They can't move. So the less you get into the provocation, the, the harder it is for them because, you know, you've dropped the rope. And so they can't keep talking, you know, tagging on it.
3: When we asked Chantelle and Jason, they emphasised that young people will still make unsafe decisions and act out, but they wanted carers that saw them through that.
5: Caring, making sure you're listening to the kids, you're focusing on what they want and, like, yeah, telling them, no. yeah, they might chuck a tantrum. Like giving them a reason why any child's going to chuck a tantrum if they don't get what they want. So it's just like those real home day-to-day living with the kid.
2: My best workers would have been workers that supported me, even though sometimes I'd make the wrong decision. Sometimes I'd make the best decision, but they'd support me through that and then support me after I had made those decisions. And sometimes they'd even say, "Oh, what did you learn from that?" You know, like you know. It was a funny sort of way, like you know, Are you can do that again, sort of thing. Like, no, not really. Don't want to.
3: We'll let Chad have the final word on this topic. We'll hear more from Chad in later episodes. But he had some great advice about how to respond after those difficult shifts that Chantel and Jason were referring to.
1: For every bad shift you may have, you need to go back and go and go again and and repair the relationship. Because if you don't go back, uh, the young person then realises, well, you're not a safe person, you're not reliable, you're not there really for me. And every bad shift you experience, you need to front up and go back. Because and, and, that shows that you're reliable and you're safe and you're going to, whatever happens, you're still in their corner.
3: To conclude this episode, we have a few questions for reflection. When thinking about the young people you work with, what helps them feel cared for? Do they feel like you are on their side? And how do you let them know that? Thank you for listening to our second episode of Pete Care Stories of Hope and Healing. Our next episode will be exploring another fundamental need, which is development.
0: The whole idea of the developmental stages is that you go through them and you build that capacity and then you go to another level. Um, so I think it's about recognising that. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and gained a better insight into what the concepts mean in your day-to-day roles with children and young people. We are indebted to the time and wisdom of our interviewees and would like to thank the Create Foundation for their support with interviewing the young people. Be sure to check out our show notes for additional resources for the episode. You can also check out our other episodes in the Stories of Hope and Healing series through your favourite podcast app or by visiting peakcare.org.au or pracademics.org.au. This has been produced and narrated by Pracademics Inc. All music has been produced by me, Matthew Schrader.